0: Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Whitney Allen is the president of American Horse Publications, AHP, and has been on the board since 2009. Whitney is a 98 graduate of Centenary University's equine science program and holds a master's degree in sports management from the University of Kentucky. She began working for the United States Hunter Jumper Association, USHJA in 2005 and is currently the managing director of sponsorship and advertising. Originally from Pennsylvania, she now lives in Lexington, Kentucky with her husband and two dogs. Whitney, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We're so excited to talk to you to get to know more about American Horse Publications and to get to know about United States Hunter Jumper Association. So thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Katie.
0: Well, we'll start with the fun stuff. Um, I asked you to prepare two truths and one lie before we started recording. So go ahead and read those three statements in any order. And I'm going to try to guess which one is your lie.
1: Okay, I'm not usually good at these things. So I love the ocean, but I'm afraid of boats. I once published an ebook manual on how to build a chicken coop. And my husband's middle name is also Whitney.
0: Oh my gosh, those are so good. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the chicken coop one that seems very (laughs) obscure
1: (laughs) I that it is I don't know how to build a chicken coop I was I was gonna say that I was fluent in German and I was like that's so obvious and then I thought I would be creative but you got me
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey all of those are pretty good I mean talk to me about the ocean and boats
1: (laughs) I have no idea it's the weirdest thing there's no explanation for it I love the water I can swim I'm I just, I have this weird fear of boats. I don't know where it came from. There was no it's traumatic weird. experience. It's just a thing.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? Like maybe, maybe your brain's trying to tell you something, trying to warn you of something.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I listen to it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's so funny that your husband's middle name is Whitney. Yeah, it's, it's how we actually um, started talking. You know, we worked together. He works for the United States Equestrian Federation. And uh, at the time, I was working there as well when we first met. And he told me his middle name was Whitney. And I was like, this is the worst pickup line ever. <laughs> and, and then I asked him to prove it to me. And he had nothing on him that proved that his middle name was Whitney. And he ended up having his mom email me. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! So that's <laughs> how. We,
1: yeah, that's how we started talking, and you know, we've been together 20 years. So,
0: but hey, it must have worked, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and to be maybe, thank you for those. That was a lot of fun. Sure. Um, well, let's. I would love to get to know you. Um. So, can you tell us for those who maybe don't know, can you talk about what is the USHJA? Um. And what does the organization do for the industry? Just sort of that broad picture to help people understand.
1: Sure. So the USHGA stands for the United States Hunter Jumper Association. And we are the national affiliate for hunters and jumpers underneath the United States Equestrian Federation, just like dressage or eventing. But we represent hunters and jumpers in the US. And we provide programming for awards, competitive programs, education. Uh, we do licensed official education. We provide a lot of grants and scholarships to help people participate in the sport, and then also for some relief, they encounter any kind of trouble. Uh, you know, recently this past year, in, well, 2020, we put together a feed aid so that we could help feed horses around the country for uh, school horses where farms were struggling. You know, where they couldn't give lessons during COVID. What you would typically think of an organization like us with competitive programs, but we also really get into uh, supporting our members um, on an education basis, and then also just, um, you know, just as horsemen and horsewomen. You guys do a ton of things. We that's do, amazing. we do, and we have a relatively small staff. It's it's amazing the work that 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 team does.
0: Super cool. staff, superheroes. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about like your, the events and the awards? Like I was just poking through your website and looking through all the amazing ways that you guys do support um, hunters
1: and jumpers in the industry. So that'd be great if you could just kind of speak to that. Sure. You know, we offer everything really from uh, grassroots all the way up to Grand prix as far as providing support and pipelines for equestrians, you know, from a competitive standpoint, we have programs at the local level through our outreach programs all the way up to you know, our international hunter derby that we offer that's, you know, kind of our elite hunters. So on both sides, hunters and jumpers, we have that pathway and, and we're continuously building upon it as we start to recognize different demographics in the industry that have maybe been underrepresented from a competitive standpoint, you know, so on a competitive level, we we try to make sure that each demographic of, of our sport has an opportunity to compete on a local level and also on a national stage we have you may have noticed we have a lot of championships and we do that you know because it was it was something that our especially in the hunters didn't have um prior to ushj uh coming into existence was that you know people at the adult amateur level or The children's hunter level, they didn't really have a way to compete on a national stage and get that type of national recognition. So we work really hard to provide those programs and also to ensure that we're providing them so that they can be accessed easily. So we have a lot of regional events and some of them feed into national events and some of them are just on a regional basis. We provide a lot of education, uh, educational content. We do webinars and we have uh, In Stride magazine that goes out to our members and also just within our other communication channels, making sure that we're providing a really diverse menu of of education opportunities for people to expand their own knowledge and bringing in experts that are trusted in the industry and making sure that our members have access to that information. We do education and certification, uh, well, USCF does a certification, but we do education for licensed officials. And that's a big component of our education department is providing that curriculum for our licensed officials. Some of the other programs we have, you know, we have grants and scholarships to ensure people can afford to get to these events. One that comes to mind that kind of encompasses so many of the things that we do is our Emerging Athletes Program. We have different regional events around the country where they go through a lot of horsemanship and then also stable management as well. And then that feeds into a national event where the kids come. Uh, Peter Wilde has been our clinician for the national for many years. Um, so they get a chance to ride and show what they've learned and learn even more from you know past Olympian. So that's a great example of what USHA does because it provides an example of how we provide education, but then also giving those riders that competitive edge as well. And then we have different awards, whether it be from a competitive basis that are coming directly from our events. And we also have awards where we're recognizing people in the industry, juniors, we have lifetime achievement awards, we recognize, you know, and we have awards where we will recognize different trainers and their achievements as well. So we try to really make sure that we're providing an avenue for everyone to receive acknowledgement, to achieve, strive for things, and then also to grow as individuals and as horsemen.
0: Perfect. I love all of that so much because you guys do provide so many opportunities and it really is the education piece um, alongside the events. I think that's really powerful and something obviously that makes a great impact on the industry. So thank you to all of you for, for all of the works you do to have those opportunities for young writers and accomplished writers alike. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd love to know I mean there's so many things right like everything you just told us is like huge big picture um can we talk just a little bit more about how 2020 impacted everything you do I mean what a curveball for the whole world but especially like equestrian events you know any event really like we just had to pivot in so many ways so how did you guys handle that what did you do to help support and
1: change and all those good things yeah it was crazy and internally it really illuminated what a great team we have at ushj and and the, the strong leadership we have because we were you know one day we were getting ready to have a the international hunter derby where we were, you know having all these people coming into kentucky to compete at you know it's the highest level for the hunters to a week before having to you know it was canceled and we had you know sponsors lined up and everything and and so we you know, that's just kind of one example later in the summer that we were dealing with, but everything just had a shift. We had to renegotiate all of our contracts with our sponsors and find ways to provide benefit for them without the competition. We have the USHJ TV on horse and country, and so we did a lot of extra programming there to expand education for people and then also just to keep the sport relevant and keep people uh, in, interested in what was going on we i mentioned the feed aid you know we we saw that there was a lot of lesson barns having to close their doors because of covid and I mean, we, we put that together in about two weeks where we brought on feed partners, created the grant system, created this application process for people. And we were able to help a couple thousand horses get fed because of that program. And the industry just pulled together as a whole, I think. But internally, we really shifted and focused on education and what can we put in front of people easily and frequently to provide that ongoing education for people so they could stay tuned in to what was going on in in the sport. And then also, you know, making sure that we kept them engaged with who we were as an association and what, could, what we could offer them to our members and continue to provide that value for our members in a, you know, unprecedented off year. <laughs> we also took our annual conference and turned that from a 5-day in-person event which was not going to happen to a 10-day virtual event with the first week being all educational seminars that we presented to the members and then went into the business meeting but it was all online and it was all on demand and so we we did a lot of those types of things. You know I don't think we did anything that a lot of other places weren't doing but we had, you know, you couldn't look at somebody else and see what they were doing cuz we were all trying to figure out what to do. You know, with these circumstances, at the same time,
0: right? What a challenge! Uh, and you know what, you guys got creative, though. You know, and you made it happen, and you learned new things from it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I think that speaks a lot to when you're in this industry, whether you're a trainer or you know a media professional, or you have to kind of have that that flexibility and that the versatility to to make those pivots because. Just every day could be different.
0: So true. That is so very true. Yeah, let's let's skip right to that question. That's a great (laughs) lead-in. I mean, in your own words, I mean you work with people across the entire industry in so many ways, both with USHJ and AHP. So what does it mean to you to be an equine industry professional?
1: Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about this question and I was like, man, I, I it's it shouldn't be that hard to to define because it kind of tell it's kind of right there right equine industry professional but i think it's a couple different things i think one it's honing your own craft whether that be journalism or photography or you know a horse trainer or just really honing your craft but also having that diversity and being open to those opportunities i think equine industry professionals today it's so vast right you know you we have even in our own office, we have designers, we have marketers, communication specialists, um, people in merchandise, and they all are passionate about horses and they all have their own connection to the industry. And they're working in the industry with that specialty. So I think it's it's a little bit hard to define in a way just because it is there's so many different directions it can go if you're going to be a professional in the equine industry. But I think it really kind of comes down to having that connection to the horse, having that passion and really honing what your individual craft is.
0: Amen to all of that. Yes, it is. It is hard to define. That's why it's one of my favorite questions, because everybody <laughs> looks at it, you know, a little differently because everybody sees the industry through a different lens. And there's so yeah. many sides and so many people. It's, that's why we love it. <laughs> well, tell us more about you and about how, what your craft
1: is. Um, what is your role with USHJ? Yeah. So currently I'm the managing director of sponsorship and advertising. And I say currently because I've been with the organization since 2005 and I'm, I've, I've had a lot of different roles over the years, but I am the managing director for sponsorship and advertising. And so what I do primarily is prospect with companies to see which companies would best align with the values of USHJA and provide mutual benefit. You know, I, I pay a lot of attention to Who's, who's coming in to the industry, you know, who's kind of, who's new, what are they doing, where are they moving, to see where that fit might be. And then when we bring a sponsor on to support the organization, my role is to negotiate the agreement, and then we bring them in and we find out what what's going to best serve them from a deliverable standpoint. And we really work very closely with every aspect of our office, all of our different departments we have to work with in the sponsorship department to make sure that we're giving the sponsor as much opportunity as we can to have access to our members, to the sport, and then so that they can see that return and really just managing that relationship as well. And, and I have a great team that helps me do that. From an advertising standpoint, my role was used to be more communications based. And so I helped start USHJ Instride, our bi-monthly magazine, but I still play a, a consulting role uh, internally with that. And that, that involves doing a lot of consulting internally about where and when to advertise And then also helping when we have advertising opportunities for people who want to advertise with USHJ.
0: Sounds like you've borne several hats there and that you were like in the lifeblood, the DNA. (laughs) (laughs) They can't get rid of me. (laughs) That's right. I don't think I think you're you're just a lifer now. (laughs) They need you. That's very cool, though, when you get to see it from, you know, the evolution of things like you started in stride. And, you know, now you're going to have this new role with it where you still consult um, and then do the sponsorship side of things in terms of um, like sponsorable items um, <laughs> or events. You know, what is kind of the breadth of the deliverables you guys do offer to your sponsors? Is it events only? Is it like media? Like, what does that kind of look like?
1: Yeah. You know, it. it... It takes on a lot of different forms depending on the partner and, and each sponsor is different in regards to what is going to be meaningful for them sometimes it's uh, e-blasts to our members some people just want to have a really strong social presence um you know, sometimes it's just the association of you know being associated with the association and um, that it you know kind of builds their brand as well but also on site of course you know having access to some of the trainers and the riders our e-news is always something that they you know find a lot of value in of course advertising and in stride we build each each sponsorship custom to the partner and so they each look a little bit different because it has to make sense for them it has to make sense for us um, you know an ideal situation would be something that's going to bring value and return to the partner but also really bring added value to our members as well so that as we bring on partners the value of their membership continues to increase.
0: I think that's fun. I love that challenge of like finding what is the best match and, you know, making those custom programs. I think that's a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, I I enjoy it. And it certainly keeps it interesting. You know, I think sometimes people have this assumption that, you know, you just just go and collect checks, but it has to make sense, you know, and, and you have to build those relationships so that, it's a long-term partnership and becomes a true partnership so that as opportunities arise, we can add value to that, you know, to the sponsorship. And also, you know, we work, we try to work really closely with the show managers as well. You know, we're, we're kind of all going after the same group of people, even from an advertising standpoint, you know, and so the more we can work together with the show managers to add value at their events, you know, It benefits them because that might be a way for them to then create their own partnership with that sponsor. And it benefits us because the show manager is going to be willing to provide more on-site opportunities for our partners.
0: For sure. Yeah, it's all one hand feeds the other, right? And so it's like a balancing act of how can we make this work for everyone? I love that. Challenging, but fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, what was your journey? I mean, how did you end up here? I mean, you gave us a little bit of kind of your growth just within the company, but I mean, how did you end up at USHJ in the first place?
1: <laughs> it, It, I mean, if I go all the way back, it started when I was about 13 and I got my first horse. And I just fell in love with the with the sport and I competed all through high school and I knew I wanted to stay in the industry, but I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, even from a, you know, from a education standpoint. So I went to Centenary College, which is now Centenary University with it. And I studied equine science there. And I still, even at the end of the four years, I knew I didn't want to be a rider. I knew I didn't want to be a trainer. I thought I wanted to be a vet, but I'm really bad at chemistry. so. Uh, I, you know, I kind of went through and and I knew I wanted to stay in the industry. I just didn't know what that looked like. And I got really fortunate and was given the opportunity to interview with the um, American Horse Shows Association, which was what USCF was before they changed their name to USCF. And it was based in Manhattan. And I went and worked with them. And at the time, they were preparing to relocate to Kentucky. And I was 22 and single and said, sure, I'll go. And I relocated and w- worked with USEF for seven years. And during that time, I managed the pony finals, the hunter breeding finals, the junior hunter finals, and kind of all things hunter. And towards the end of that seven years, the USHGA was coming into existence. And so I worked very, very closely with their board as they were starting to come up with the plan. They had been named the national affiliate and, um, you know, worked very closely with the hunter department. So kind of simultaneously to that, I was pursuing my master's degree in sports management at the University of Kentucky, and I was focusing on sport marketing. And as I was preparing to graduate, USHJ was preparing to hire and stars aligned. And, um, you know, I, I took the position with them in the marketing and communications, which at that time, there was only six employees. So uh, we all kind of did a little bit of everybody else's job. <laughs> and, you know, so that was in 2005, that I took that position. And as the organization grew, in the beginning, it was very, um, you know, we, we, we were working off of folding tables. Um, and, and so we, we really just kind of had to roll up our sleeves and do everything. You know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about starting a magazine, but I helped start a magazine. You know, I, I didn't, I never had written an article and didn't know anything about the design or merchandising. And so we just kind of learned all of these things as the organization grew. And, and I was very, very fortunate to get that, um, you know, on the job in the fly, we call it baptism by fire education across the board from just general business strategy, event planning. And as the organization grew and, You know, we we got more staff and started to become more specialized in our areas. Sponsorship and advertising was what I loved to do. Them, I I love to do all of it, but that was, you know, really where I really wanted to, you know, focus my career. And so I was fortunate to to kind of grow up in in with USHJA as as the organization grew up as well.
0: That is quite the journey, and I am very confident that lots of people (laughs) are out there listening right now and just. Thinking, Wow, she has done it all like this is like my dream career trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations on all of that. And like, I can't even imagine like all of the great, amazing riders you've met and you know, events you've been to. And I mean, it just sounds like horses have just taken you all these wonderful places. How very cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a journey, um, you know, and, you know, I've been able to travel across the country. And like you said, I've been, I've been to several World Cups, I've gotten to meet, you know, top riders, top trainers, and it's just, you know, even after all this time, there's still times that I'm still kind of in awe when I meet people or get to go somewhere. So...
0: Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I, I want to skip to advice um, because like, that's such a good segue. You've done so many amazing things. You know, you've adapted in so many ways, like along your road there, you know, just having to learn new things out of necessity and just sort of running with it. Um, I think that's really inspiring. So I, I'm sure you've got advice. So what advice do you have for someone who's looking to pursue a career
1: like yours? You know, I think the the biggest thing is just to be open to the opportunities that present themselves. I would love to tell you that half or even eighty percent of what I've done was planned, and it wasn't um, <laughs> I just you know I, I I just kept myself open and was i try not to be afraid to say you know no if I don't know how to do something or if it's scary and and really just learning from the people around you, you know listening to other people's stories, watching how other people work. You know, AHP actually American Horse Publications has been was huge for me in that regard, uh, where I got to really see um, the diversity of the industry from a you know media standpoint, which you know certainly dovetailed a bit um, with some of the some of the other things that I've gotten to do. But that organization really helped me see, you know, the value and the power of networking, and learning from the people around you. And I think because I was part of that organization from very early on in my USHA career, I was able to really kind of translate that over to USHA, where I was able to see the same things, you know, and, and learn from the people around me. The, the thing that kind of amazes me always is just how like the show managers, the trainers that have built their, their careers, the riders, you know, they all have to have these diverse skills. And in a way, we're all a little bit specialists in, at communications and marketing and event planning and branding and, you know, sales and negotiations. If you, you need to kind of listen to the people around you and try to learn from them. You'll see those those things come out. And so I guess my advice would just be to be open. You know, don't be afraid if there's something in front of you that you haven't done before, because it's new to everybody at some point. And you just to kind of step into it and trust the people around you and learn from the people around you.
0: That's great advice. Go be a sponge. Just absorb.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
0: I love it. Well, let's let's circle back a little to AHP. Um, you did mention that there, and yeah, uh, please tell us more. Tell us what AHP is, first of all, for people who may not be familiar. Um, and then what your role is
1: with the organization. Sure. So the American Horse Publications. We are an organization of equine media professionals, and our members are magazines, businesses, freelancers. We have journalists, photographers, salespeople, and our members are all putting out media, not just magazines, but, um, you know, podcasts and radio shows and, and blogs and websites in the equine industry. And it covers, it's all different disciplines and breeds, you know, and, and so American horse publications as an organization, we provide networking opportunities. Uh, we provide educational opportunities through webinars and seminars and really try to connect those, those, um, those people and those media outlets, um, so that we can learn from each other, lift each other up. And, um, we also have a a very robust awards program for different categories, different circulations, you know, which is one of, if not our most popular offering that we have for our members, because it's a, a place for niche publications, niche media in equine to be recognized for the really amazing work that they do. We also offer a, a great program for uh, students. We have a student award program. So if somebody is in college, I think it might actually start at senior in high school, but they have an opportunity to submit their work. We have an interview process. We select a student award winner each year and they get to come to our conference and meet, you know, probably a lot of the, their heroes that they're looking up to in the equine world.
0: Yeah, they're role models for sure. I love that I'm interviewing you for the event season on the podcast because you have two great lenses to look at events through. Like USHJ, of course, is like the traditional... Maybe not traditional, but, you know, people have a much more like they have a grasp on, sure. you know, it's a horse show and there's awards right. and they sponsor, you know, that way. And, you know, there's members and that kind of thing. So there's events through that lens, um, which everyone can relate to. If you've got horses, you've been to a horse show or you're familiar, but also like AHP does these amazing conferences and events and awards through that channel. Um, so it's just really cool that you get to see both sides of those two completely different areas of events in the industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, they've, they've both, I don't know what I would have done with, without them (laughs) with either one of them.
0: (laughs) And you are um, the president of AHP. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That's so cool. So what does that look like for you? I mean, as far as like serving, you know, and and facilitating, I mean, what does that mean in, in, in your role?
1: Sure. So as president, you know, I I do kind of those, those two things that you just said, I serve and facilitate. I uh, oversee the board. And so during when we have board meetings, you know, I, I help facilitate and lead the board. I sit on most of the committees just so that there's somebody that has kind of that broader perspective. I work with very closely with our executive director, Chris Brune, and our executive committee so that we can continuously hone our strategic plan in building membership value and, you know, the education that we provide uh, those resources. I. You know I kind of just see it all from a, a higher level and then help facilitate conversations or assist Chris with any type of you know messaging or business components that she might need support on.
0: Very fun. Lots of things then, um, of course, and being just that leader. Um, and that's how I definitely got your recommendation be on the show is because of of course the equine network is a member of AHP and everyone that works with you, Whitney and everyone really at AHP, they just love you all (laughs)
1: and all the great things you do. (laughs) Well, I, I, adore them. I've, I've been on the board, I think since 2009, I think maybe 2008. Um, but the, you know the thing that amazed me about hp and i i'm continue to be in awe of this and it's you know people we always try to ask people like what do you love about hp and my answer is always the same and it's that the very first time that i went to the hp conference was in 2007 maybe 6 oh, gosh that was a long, long time ago instride had just um so our first year so it must have been 2007 we started instride in 2006 and, and so I went to the HP, you know, joined, signed in stride up to be a part of it, went to the conference and was completely amazed that I was sitting in a room full of a hundred people that were basically competitors. You know, they're competing for stories. They're competing for ad dollars. They're competing for, you know, the best, the best photograph being so open and generous with their time and their knowledge with no, no fear, no ego. They just loved their work. And they, they wanted to have, you know, true professional conversations about how everybody can elevate each other. And I I was just like blown away. I couldn't believe that I was sitting in a room full of people that should, you know, should be kind of like hiding all of their secrets of success. And they were just, you know, could not have been more gracious about it. And I see that year after year after year. And it's what I love about that organization.
0: That's what I love about the equine industry. We have the best people. We really do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's because we love horses. And I know you do too. So I'd love to hear about your horses, what horses you have in your life now, what horses have you had along the way? Tell us, we'd
1: love to know. I don't currently have any horses. I had, I bought my first horse. His name was Pablo when I was 13 and he, he passed away. He was 27. I bought him when he was four and he was wow. 27 when he passed away. He was my life, you know, once in a lifetime horse. And, uh, he was my, and then I had, a, I had a young horse as well that I had, uh, acquired. And then I was going to, turn around and sell him. And I, I told my husband, I was like, we're just going to get him for six months and then we're going to, we're going to sell him. And then three years later, my husband was like, <laughs> are you planning on selling that horse? <laughs> Which I did. Um, so um, I had him for a couple years, Brody, but Pablo was my, he was my guy. And we, you know, I showed him all through high school, um, all through college. He actually ended up um, my freshman year in college, even though I continued to, we continued to ride and train and um, he went blind. And so, you know, we went from hunters to dressage real quick. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> he, he was not a fan of dressage. So he just, you know, became my, my, uh, flat horse, but I, you know, I stayed at Centenary with him and then, um, he, he came to Kentucky with me and I had him the whole time. Um, so he, he saw me through, you know, my teenage years and, and, uh, the majority of my adult life, but yeah. And then he ended up, we actually, we brought, I think, yeah, it happened down here. We had to remove one of his eyes. And so he was, uh, our little blind wonder, but he got around and everybody loved him. And, and he was uh, probably more, more like a dog than a horse. He was just a, a good buddy, but, um, yeah. And, and so, over those years, I, you know, rode other people's horses. I haven't competed since college, which is fine because I, you know, I just enjoy getting on and riding. And I've been really fortunate to have so many opportunities in my life to, you know, I could pick up the phone in any moment of the day and find somebody who will let me come ride their horse. So
0: that's the way to do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's a lot cheaper.
0: No joke. And you get it, you know, ride more variety, have some fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, sweet Pablo. Also, I love his name. That just makes me happy. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He, he was my buddy. He was from, um, we named him after Pablo Picasso, which I have no idea why, but (laughs) why not? (laughs) I don't know. It it was, uh, I don't know how that came about, but yeah.
0: That's great. Well, do you have a most memorable moment with horses that you could share with us?
1: You know, I, I saw that question and I just, I couldn't think of anything that was like, it was all of it. You know, I, Every one of, you know, every time I got to ride Pablo or every time, you know, I went on a trail ride with some girlfriends or, you know, it just, it shaped being with horses shaped my entire life. It shaped my career. It, it shaped what college I went to, where I moved, you know, brought me and it's how I met my husband, you know, so I, I don't have a singular moment to say this is my favorite because it just completely shaped everything that I am and and where I am and so I think I I don't mean to cop out of the question but they're all my favorite
0: (laughs) no that is a great answer I mean and just the fact that horses have been the reason or the catalyst or you know some part of every major step in your life I I think so many people can relate to that I think that's wonderful yeah I love it Well, Whitney, this has been so much fun. Thank you again for coming on the show and sharing with us about your career, about the events that you're a part of. It's been a ton of fun to chat with you. Um, I know that our listeners are going to want to definitely check out USHJA, um, check out the events coming up and maybe the awards at the end of the year, um, as well as AHP. So what are the best places that people can do that or connect with you or all of the above?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, so USHJ is ushja.org. And we have a really awesome social media on LinkedIn and um, Instagram and Facebook, rather. They also have a podcast uh, called On Course. So if you kind of want to tune into USHJ, that's a great way to do it. In Stride is available in digital format on our website. So if anybody wants to check out the magazines and for AHP, it's americanhorsepubs.org. They also have some, you know, great social presence as well. If you're in equine media, I highly encourage you to become a member of AHP. It is a wonderful organization with just vast resources and networking that you will not find anywhere else. It opens up so many doors for people. And uh, I would really encourage people to check out that organization if, if, um, Equine media is is where you're where you're at or where you want to be. For me personally, um, I have a LinkedIn account and um, people can always reach me through my USHJ email.
0: Perfection, awesome. That's all the ways, all the ways you can get in touch and learn more, and definitely get engaged. Um, both organizations are great to definitely check out. So, especially, um, I would recommend those college kids, like you said, Whitney. If you're, if you think you know, Equine Media might be something you're interested in, um, you know, connect with AHP now and you know start start making those connections and networking and getting involved. And I think that'd be great.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I wish that I had kno- known about the organization when I was in college, but it's. Uh, Yeah, I think I think anybody that's in an equine science or equine major or minor and and thinking they they want to pursue that, you know, get involved with the organization as early as possible.
0: Yes, for sure. Definitely. Well, Whitney, when people look back on this episode with you, what do you want to leave them with? Like, what's that like final thought food for thought that you want them to think about when they think of this this conversation? You
1: know, I think that this this industry is so diverse And it's so rich with opportunity. I think what I don't want to leave people with is to not to limit yourself, you know, that it's the one of the greatest things I think I love about this industry is that horses are our center, right? You know, that's if you're you're listening to this or or involved in in the industry at all, like it all comes back to the horse and everybody can just like 2020 taught us, everybody can pivot and change and be creative. And, and I think that goes for our careers in the industry as well. You know, I've seen so many people over the last year, uh, especially, but where magazines close or, you know, people get laid off or barns shift and you you have to kind of reinvent yourself each time. And that's the beauty I think of this industry is that you can do that and you can do it with a great amount of support and resources everywhere you turn. And, you know, it's, if you're a horse trainer and you don't want to be a horse trainer anymore and you have a, you know, a pull towards event planning or photography or like those opportunities are there and they're waiting and vice versa. And, and like we talked about earlier, Katie, you know, People in this industry really are quite generous with their knowledge and um, willing to introduce you to people and, and network. So I think that would be what I would wanna leave people with. Always be aware that this industry is is very diverse, rich in opportunity, and and willing to support, support their own.
0: Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at podcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Ecoin Podcast Network, an entity of the Ecoin Network.